This is the Authentic Sex Podcast. Real life conversations about sex, pleasure and relationships. I'm your host, Juliet Allen. Welcome to episode 78 of the Authentic Sex Podcast. My name is Juliet Allen. I'm a sexologist and a sex and relationship coach. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, Baba Des Nichols. And we're talking about love, freedom and power, amongst other things. This episode of Authentic Sex is sponsored by Johnny Condoms. Johnny Condoms are eco-friendly, non-toxic and vegan friendly. Johnny Condoms are all about breaking down the shame, taboo and awkwardness around purchasing condoms, especially as women. You can purchase your Johnny Condoms today at johnny.com.au, that's spelled J-O-N-N-Y, and you can find them on Instagram at choose underscore Johnny. So yeah, today it's love, freedom and power and I'm joined by Baba Dez. Baba Dez is an internationally renowned speaker and teacher, Dhaka, author, singer-songwriter and transformational guide who has been featured on numerous TV and radio shows for his contribution in the healing arts and involving human consciousness. Baba Dez is the founder of ISTA, the International School of Temple Arts, and it's an absolute honor to have him on this podcast episode. In this episode, I'll give you a little preview. We, well, Baba Dez speaks about lots. He um, speaks about our connection to self-pleasure and self-love how to really experience an authentic heart connection and soul connection with others. We speak about the impact that Catholicism and a lot of the world's religions has had on sexuality and contributed to guilt, shame and fear. Speak about freedom. We speak about um, a lot about polyamory and um, the ups and downs and the challenges of and then the beauty of polyamory. And Des shares um, of his own personal journey with polyamory, monogamy and celibacy, which is really interesting. So this this episode covers a lot. It's one of my favorite episodes so far. It is absolutely jam packed, full of heaps of wisdom and an education for people. And um, it was an absolute pleasure to record. Welcome to the podcast, Des. Thank you for coming on the show. It's an absolute honor to have you here. Hi, Julia. It's great to be here. Yay. Yay. We're in this beautiful place in Byron Bay and it's just gorgeous and... Paradise One. Yeah. It's called. Yeah. yeah. Great name. Yeah. This is where we do our, our trainings. We do level ones and twos here and mm. uh, yeah, it's a beautiful retreat center. It is. And yeah. Byron Bay is beautiful. Oh yeah, it's and gorgeous. Great place on the planet. Yeah, yeah. This is where I did my first Easter here. Mm, mm, yeah. So tell me a bit about you. I want to know what your journey is was into sacred sexuality and and this work and um a bit about your purpose. Okay. And yeah, just just well, tell me I a bit think, about you. I feel like like most people in this world and in most modern cultures. 
uh, being a young person coming into this culture, I feel like we've all had to unscramble what is sexuality mm -hmm. and what is a healthy sexuality. I mean, we get bombarded with so much stuff in the media and so many ideas around sexuality and and of course then uh, religions and uh, social structures and empires and countries and mm. um, so, so many things get get projected at us as far as who we are as sexual beings and then of course the media uh, all the movies and and television and advertising uh, you know all, all the messages we get about sexuality from that and uh, so it's like for me it's like how do I unscramble this because deep down inside I always felt like something this is weird something doesn't <laughs> quite feel all the way right here um, uh, the messages messages are sexuality is is beautiful it's powerful but then it's sinful mm. it's 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 dirty mm. um you know there it's uh, you know uh, nasty people have sex you know i mean there's all kinds of messages that we get mm. and then we have to sort through it and of course well, we get most of our messages and, and downloads from our parents and our family structures and depending upon their background with sexuality it's going to determine a lot of what's passed on to us mm -hmm. and then of course the school system and then the, the religious systems so all of these things are factors mm -hmm. and um, and so you know when we're when we're growing up we're looking to others to find out what is this world about and how do I function in it how do I live in it and of course I bought into a lot of things and then the other thing that I realized is that I just didn't get much information at all mm. because there's so much shame and guilt and fear around sexuality that most people aren't comfortable my parents weren't comfortable talking about it mm. uh, and so you know you find out a lot about sexuality from other kids and and then when I got old enough I started okay let me start reading about let me maybe I can start getting some straight information mm. um, even in high school you don't you know you get clinical information but you don't really get any information about what the the real nature of sexuality is and mm. and so I started reading about it and, and trying to sort it out you know not only not only sexuality but who am I as a human being and how do I live and how do I live a happy healthy life and, and and seeing some people happy in my life, adults happy, and some not happy at all, and some living the dream and have the all the things, the house and the money and the cars and the you know the kids and the mm -hmm. wives and or the husbands and and they're not happy, you know. Mm -hmm. So well, you know what are we doing here? And and then feeling. Um, and seeing other people around the planet not happy and war and pain and suffering and then and then also people in love and and, and joy and beauty and family and, and uh, uh, so it's a whole it's a whole world that we're trying to sort out and mm -hmm. feel our place into it and I feel like the the main thing that we're trying to f that, that 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 creates a successful life is being able to feel what am I here for as a soul like what is my particular soul's journey why am I here mm. and um, and because a lot of our parents didn't hold space for that like a lot of our parents had an agenda about who we're supposed to be how we're supposed to act and what they want us to be mm. or what the culture wants us to be uh, to, uh, rather than you know who are you as a soul and a human being my child and how can I support you be who you who you are here to be
Mm. You know, like uh, that's a, a much more uh, aligned place to hold a, an emerging being on this planet and to be in the mystery of who they are rather than trying to make them into something. Mm. Um, but, you know, most of us didn't get that. No. And then when it comes to sexuality, uh, starting to, as a young man, I started developing a lot of unhealthy patterns around my sexuality. Um, a very addictive uh, masturbation practice that was about stress release and just trying to move through all the hormones and mm. and all this desire and being ashamed of my erections and trying to hide them and when it's something beautiful and natural and mm. and not really getting a lot of positive support for what a healthy sexuality is and I had to unlearn a lot of the neurological patterns and uh, and habits I develop, I had to unlearn them in my 20s when I started to learn about sacred sexuality and healthy sexuality. Yeah. So that's a, and that's basically what this whole level one experience is, is about. Yeah. So you're a facilitator for those listening. Um, Des is, you're the, the founder of ISTA, International School of Temple Arts, which is a training um like uh well you can talk about it but i've spoken about it a fair bit in the podcast Mm -hmm. and recommend that that people if they feel to do the training um so so that's what the course is basically about is it's about giving people everything we didn't get neurologically Mm. um and not just around sexuality because it's really about it's it's in an ideal world, if we were hypothetically born to the most beautiful man and the most amazing woman in the universe, mm. what would our lives be like? Like if we were neurologically given everything that we needed to be the most extraordinary human being on the planet, what would those things be? And who would our parents be to make sure that we were given the downloads, the information, the experiences that we really needed? Mm. And so that's basically what we do is we run people through a week-long immersion experience and we go all the way back to conception mm. and, um, and lay down an initial starting point for who we are as a human being, that we were conceived by parents who wanted us, who called in, a, called in um, they actually, they were called in by the soul that wanted to come through mm. and then being born in or or being um you know coming into existence in the womb of a woman who's actually in her power in her ease in her love that has challenges in her life but masterfully brings herself back to loving ease and presence because the baby inside that womb is 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 mirroring the mother's neurology Mm. so if the baby's uh, if the baby is mirroring a mother's neurology who's living in love and freedom and power Mm. then they're going to start developing a neurology of love freedom and power and a lot of us developed in wombs um, where there's a lot of stress a lot of fear a lot of confusion and so we end up building that and that's 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 more of the foundation a lot of us get mm. and then, then there's some ease and love and too so it depends on the individual but uh, then we have our birth process and of course we all know about rebirth most of us have heard about rebirthing and why that's important and why we've had a lot of us have had traumatic births mm. so how do we have an orgasmic birth that 
is intense and beautiful, but then we come back again into ease and we rest on our mother's belly and we nurse and we're nourished and we can feel the love of connection between our mother and our father. And mm. there's mastery and ease and love between them instead of tension and stuff in the background. And, mm. and so we grow up in a foundation of safety and ease and presence. And we're, we're taught when we're young kids to honor our emotions, to express our emotions because our parents express their emotions our parents are emotionally available to us mm -hmm. they give us lots of physical touch mother and father mm -hmm. are not afraid to be intimate physically with us as children mm -hmm. and appropriately with us and um, and so there's a lot of tenderness and a lot of neurological uh, repattering that happens that some of us didn't get mm -hmm. from the masculine and the feminine and then we learn to bring that energy inside of us so that actually we we develop that healthy inner masculine and feminine and marry those energies inside of us rather than doing what most of us learned as young adults, projecting our masculine and feminine outside of ourselves, looking for our other half that's going to make us whole. Mm. Because it's not an outside job, it's an inside job. Yeah. Um, but so many of us are still you know, looking for somebody outside of ourselves to satisfy us and fulfill us uh, sexually and, uh, and relationally. Rather yeah. than working on the inner relationship and, and being a self-activating, self-initiating, nurturing sexual being mm. and having a great sex life all by ourselves. Yeah, like that's which that, is one of your the biggest message that you're, yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, that when we're 11 and 12 years old, we're walking the sacred path of celibacy and we're, we're having great sex all on our own and we're initiating ourselves and running the erotic energy. Mm. And so we're not like trying to get that from somebody else outside of ourselves. Mm. And this is really an important foundation because it creates that sovereignty that basically short circuits a lot of the energy that creates codependent relationships mm. where uh, women uh, are thinking they need a man or men are thinking they need a woman to be sec woman to be sexually fulfilled mm. um, and then um, rather than rather than being sexually fulfilled on their own and then coming to relationship as a whole being mm. rather than half a human being because we we've most of us have learned to be polarized if for men we're polarized to the masculine if we're women, we're polarized to the feminine, mm. and we haven't we haven't developed our inner masculine and mm. feminine, and actually created that sacred union, that marriage inside of us. Mm. And that's what Easter's really that's great. One of the foundations. One, one of yeah. Yeah. What would you say to people listening who um, have identified that they're in a codependent relationship, and they're like, "Shit, I need to do something about this." What's the first step? Well, come, like, and do, come and do ISTA. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and start integrating your own inner masculine and feminine mm. and, 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 and stop looking outside of yourself mm. and fall deeply in love with yourself. And on a chemical, neurological level, when we make love and we have sex, we pump certain chemicals through our body that feel really good. Mm. They're very addictive, which is fine as long as you're not going outside of yourself to pump those chemicals. Mm. So this is why it's so important for us to, to, to activate our own chemicals and have our own sexual chemistry activated by us, with us, inside of us. So we're not dependent on activating those chemicals with another person. Mm. I mean, it's going to happen when you make love outside of yourself anyway, but at least it's happening already inside of you. Yeah. This is why chemically it's so important that we're learning how to pump those 
love chemicals, that sexual chemistry inside of our own beings. Mm -hmm. And we're not waiting to do that. We're not waiting for another person to do that with us. Yeah. That we need to learn how to do that first. And, and like I said, we would, we would ideally we would have been taught how to do that when we're young men and young women so that by the time we're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, then we can be whole sexually and go, okay, I want to share this with someone else. Mm. And it's not because I have to because I'm not pumping those chemicals on my own. It's because I have an authentic heart connection. Mm. It's because I have an authentic uh, um, soul connection with somebody. Mm. And... Uh, you know, I, I know so many people that um, were um, born with religious beliefs where, you know, you can't have sex until you're married. And it's like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous because, because now you're getting married so you can have sex. Yeah. And, and because you're, you're, your body's screaming the punthos chemicals, you're not being, and of course, uh, self-pleasuring and masturbation is shameful. Well, your penis falls off if um, right. you and, masturbate. Right, you grow hair on the back of your hand yeah. and all kinds of things, you know. So, there, you know, this is, this is all some of the stuff we're healing. Yeah. So before we started recording, we were chatting and we were talking about Catholicism and, and um, the impact that it's had on sexuality. Can we, I'd love for you to speak a bit into that. Well, I, I want to mention not only Catholicism, but also Islam and, 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 and Judaism. And, you mm -hmm. know, a lot of the world's religions, um, Christianity, I feel like uh, Christ would be very upset if he were here today and saw what happened with his teachings mm -hmm. and how the different Christian religions have distorted the teachings and use them to instill guilt, shame, and fear around who we are as sexual beings. Uh, and not only that, just, you know, uh, religions, I'm, I'm kind of, I am in alignment with John Lennon. You know, imagine a world without religions, without governments, and, and empires, and, and, and also corporations. Mm. You know, uh, so much um, pain and suffering and fighting happens in the name of, of God. Uh, and religious stuff mm -hmm. and um, and uh, the, not to say that there aren't certain benefits and cultural benefits and good things that corporations and religions and governments don't do there are positive things as well but I'm addressing some of the things that really create separation and pain and suffering and especially the places of control and manipulation and our school system is set up to most of our school systems are set up to create workers Mm. Not to create healthy individuals that are unique, you know. They're 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 geared geared toward creating workers to support corporations and armies and mm. and religions and things like that. So, so you know, coming to the quick of it, it's like people can be manipulated if they have guilt, fear, and shame around who they are as human beings, and especially around their sexuality. Mm. So then. So then it undermines our power and we have to get permission to marry somebody or have sex or whatever from either the government or from the religion mm. and, it, and it undermines our power base. Mm. So, um, you know, and Christianity is, is, is known. I mean, I, I'm working with indigenous cultures around the planet and very few have survived the onslaught of Christianity, which basically told them their ways were wrong, they had to follow the Christ, um, 
uh, you have to leave your pagan ways behind. And those pagan ways were actually really synergistic with the earth, synergistic with the environment. They nurtured healthy family and healthy living on the earth. And, um, and it was devastating to these cultures. And, and there were a few tribes uh, that survived and those teachings are still alive and we're doing what we can. ISTA, the, the, uh, the organism we call ISTA, International School of Temple Arts, is doing what we can to support those tribes and those peoples that remember the indigenous ways and, and especially the healthy sexual practices mm. that support empowered living. And so we're supporting them and letting them know that we're here and, and, they're, and they have a big resonance with us and we're supporting them to bring these teachings forward into the world. So, mm. you know, the, the, the temples were destroyed if, uh, thousands of years ago and, uh, and so a lot of these teachings went underground and now a lot of them are coming out again and the people are coming out of hiding because they're not being persecuted. I mean, you'd be burned at the stake and your house would be burned and you'd be killed and you'd be punished if you were if you were taught to be a powerful individual, especially if you stood in opposition to the control mechanisms of the church or the state. Mm. So it's, it's, it's changed today. And even though the punishments are there, the fear is still there. Yeah. Because it's conditioned in our neurology uh, not to question authority and uh and not to be seen as something someone in opposition to a control uh, uh controlling body yeah i keep thinking of like how you've said freedom mm. what's your definition of freedom oh I feel like that freedom is being able to feel your heart your soul your body and to authentically respond to your truth in the way that 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 you want to express in the world, mm. and and to live in a culture in a world that supports freedom means that you're supported and you're guided to listen inside to the truth of who you are and mm. allow that to come forward. Mm. That's the foundations of freedom, uh, and to feel and to choose uh, what's authentic. For you mm. and I feel that uh, human beings will automatically default to love mm. if they're not shamed if they're not hurt if they're not traumatized mm. that we actually have a compass that points toward love and if we are supported as as from the time we're conceived and born and children and we're supported in an environment that nurtures that that we will automatically move toward love and beauty and health mm. and prosperity. And, um, and uh, this is part of what we're wanting to bring forward is how to teach people how to do that for themselves and for their children. Mm. What are some of your um, some personal practices that you do or rituals that you do to connect in regularly with your truth and connecting with your heart. It's great that you're asking that because I just finished reading a book called Eros Ascending, and it was I finished it a couple of months ago, and it's been out for a couple of years. Um, I don't remember the author's name right now, but it's called Eros Ascending, and it's beautiful because it talks about other powerful um, charismatic beings. It talks about uh, Gurdjieff. Mm. and other uh, mystics and extraordinary beings over the last several centuries 
um, some yogis and beings of extraordinary presence, love, and power. Mm. And one of the things that this book points to and shows evidence for is even though, you know, back in the 1700s and 1800s and even 1900s, um, because of our culture, sexuality really wasn't discussed openly. Mm. But this research shows that these extraordinary beings had a, had a, that the, the traditions they followed and what they learned from their teachers was a very powerful self-pleasuring practice. Mm. Sec- in other words, sexual practices done in your own, with yourself in your own body. Yeah. Okay. Now, some of these teachings also include sexual practices with other people, but the foundation of a healthy sexuality is with yourself. The foundation of a healthy relationship is in yourself first. So what it points to is that it's all an inside job. Yeah. Okay, so one of my powerful practices is I self-pleasure every day. Every day? Every day. That's amazing. Mostly Mm. twice a day. So I wake up in the morning and let's say I'm alone. And Mm. a lot of people are alone. And some people are not alone. But let's just say, you know, the default when you're a teenager Mm. growing up is you're alone. Mm. Okay. Now, we all are human beings and we all want to be met and we want to love and be loved. Mm. And how we do that first is through self-love. We would learn that first from our parents, that our parents love us. And then when we start to have our sexual awakening, we we would be instructed in how to cultivate our own self-love and how to cultivate our relationship with our inner masculine and feminine. So imagine the most beautiful man and woman in the universe making love inside of you, Mm. okay? And we start to activate the chemistry. So rather than fantasizing about, you know, uh, the latest pop star or actor or musician or something and taking that energy into a fantasy outside of yourself or the person down the street or the kid at school that you would fantasize about, what you do is you start, you keep that energy inside of yourself and you start building a relationship with your own inner masculine and feminine. Mm. And so I had to unlearn the old way and I had to start falling in love with myself. And what these other mystics, what this book was saying about these other mystics was they would be depleted and drained and there's all these accounts of them going into their rooms or disappearing for 15, 20 minutes, a half hour, an hour later, and coming back totally like invigorated, Mm. totally invigorated and full of energy. Mm. What did they do in 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 that time? And through interviews, through some of their students and some of their disciples, what they realized that, because they took notes and they wrote down, that they often hinted toward the fact that they were doing self-sexual practices, self-pleasuring practices on their own. Mm. So this is actually some of this documentation is coming out. And it's fascinating because this is the practice I came into on my own and I did, I can't remember who mentioned it, but I, uh, shamanically, energetically, spiritually, and sexually, it is so important. And so many, so many of us have beliefs and judgments around self-pleasuring that, you know, like, um, if, if I'm really a good person and people love me, then, then I won't ever have to love myself. Like those other people will pleasure me and be sexually attracted to me. And so it's mm-hmm. shameful somehow that I would have to self-pleasure. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of beliefs that keep people from this. 
and I've had to bust through those things. And when I wake up in the morning, I take that deep breath and I say, beloved, it's another beautiful day. Mm -hmm. So imagine waking up, if you were waking up next to the most beautiful, as a man, if you're waking up to the most beautiful woman in the universe, what are you going to do first thing in the morning? Mm. You're going to make love. Yeah. So I wake up first thing in the morning and the most beautiful woman in the universe is inside of me. So we make love. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it's anywhere from two minutes to 20 minutes, sometimes longer. Mm. But I get that sexual chemistry pumping. Yeah. I get that orgasmic energy flowing in my being and I'm in love and the chemicals are pumping. And, yeah. that, and it's not requiring another person for me to do that. Yeah. So it's healthy to the body. It's healthy to the heart. It's healthy to the inner relationship. Mm. And then you start your day. Yeah. And oftentimes I am with a lover. And then after that. I was going to say that. Then we make love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then I make love again. Yeah. And in my life, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to love. Mm. And I'm here to make love a lot. Mm. And I, my body and my heart and my being knows that making love a lot is really good for me. And it's really good for the people I choose to share that with. Yeah. You know, if, and, and in a way where, where is it possible to love people without putting energetic, psychic, emotional hooks in them? Well, like, let's let's segue into this okay. because this is a really good good topic, yeah. and of deep interest to a lot of people. And um, I think where I'd like to start would be, um, well, tell me a bit about you. Like, do you you're polyamorous? Is that do you identify as polyamorous? Well, is it, what, you know, when I was when I was younger, of course, I was single. I, I the first time I made love, I was sixteen. Mm. And um, and then from the time I was 16 till my till the time I was maybe 29, I I had I had lovers. Mm. You know, sometimes it was one, sometimes it was several at a time. Again, I was sorting a lot of things out. Mm. Um, oftentimes, especially when I was younger, you didn't tell other lovers about other lovers. So there was a lot of cultural stuff, you know, going on. Mm. But what I started to learn is that transparency and honesty is the best way. Yeah. And to authentically be, because because sometimes you know it's weird in this culture. As a man, you're you know it's like you know, on one level it's shameful. You know you just need to be with one lover. It's shameful that you would love many, and then and then uh, and then if you love many, you're many you're also glorified. It's like oh man, you're a you're a lover. You've got lots of you know so yeah. you get mixed messages there. And, and, and if you're a woman in this culture, you know, it's like, wow, you're sexy, you have lots of lover, but then you're shamed also for then, being a slut. Yeah. You have, you know, so, you know, through all the social conditioning, um, one of the things that happened was this was back in the late 80s and the AIDS virus happened. And you know, that, that sent a big shock waves to a lot of people. Mm. And, 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 and I realized that, okay, I'm a very sexually active human being. I'm noticing a lot of people are getting sick. Even some friends uh, were getting sick and dying from AIDS. Mm. And I realized that I need to take care of myself. And I got scared. Yeah. And 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 plus that I was doing some some shamanic work and I was looking at where I was projecting my feminine outside of myself and really needing to pull my energy back shamanically. So there was a lot of reasons why I made the choice to walk a celibate path as an adult for about three years from the time I, in my early 30s. Yeah. And I think by the time I was 30, I think it was from 30 to 33 or 33 and a half. 
So that was um, just last year. Was that just last year? Last year. No, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit older now. Des looks, if you see Des, let Des, if you could see Des, Des just looks so fantastic and amazing and youthful. Oh, thank you. So we need to talk about your secrets. I feel fantastic and Good, and yeah. Well, and I feel that. And people, mm. people keep, and people keep saying, Des, when are you going to grow up? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so I want to yeah, I want to continue on this on this yeah. thread, but you know, so I walked a, a path of celibacy, mm. which was very important for me because I realized that I was projecting my feminine outside of myself, and I needed to develop these healthy masturbatory practices mm. to really come all the way back into a place where I know I'm okay and I can have a great sex life all by myself. Yeah. And I can actually be in love and enjoy life. And I don't need a woman to be happy. Mm. Like that was a really important thing for me to get. After that, I manifested. I said, okay, I'm ready to share again. I manifested a partner. Mm. And I walked a monogamous path. Yeah. Impeccably for almost 10 years. Wow. Okay. So I I, I impeccably walked in a monogamous path with an amazing partner. And we created a very... uh, a successful business together, a health food business, mm. and and we spent every day together. We were hip to hip. So much joy, so much fun, so much adventure. She's an amazing being. Uh, we had such an amazing life, and I feel very blessed to experience the magic and power of a deeply committed relationship. Mm. And it's still something I point to in my life. It's like I want to have that kind of partnership in my life some more and again. Yeah. Um, we after about ten years, we sold our business. Some other things happened, and we ended up going different directions because I wanted to move back into the temple arts and into the healing work that I was doing before that business, mm. and that wasn't really her path. Um, and um, and so we ended up staying friends, but you know not being in a partnership anymore. Mm. And and I wanted to be in an open and explore, you know, open relating again. And that just wasn't her cup of tea. Mm. Um, so um, how old were you then? I was forty-five. Wow. At that point, I was yeah. forty-five years old. I sold my company, and I, I basically created my financial freedom there. Mm-hmm. And then I took a year. It's like, who do, who am I now? What do I want to be? And I realized I'm here for love. I'm, I need to, I need to bring the temple arts forward. I need to go back on that path and that spiritual, sexual, shamanic path. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so then it was open relating again mm. and uh, and and in different degrees because some i you know i was kind of out of the box sometimes i'd meet somebody and i would not really be with other lovers for maybe a few months maybe six months um sometimes uh, there i would be moving through something and i would be celibate again for maybe months at a time but most of the time in my life since i was 45 to where i am now um uh, I've, I've i've had multiple lovers and, and open relating and I, I've been in a very um, deep committed relationship for the last I've known this person uh, for the last five and a half years mm. uh, she's a beautiful half Egyptian half Austrian woman um, mm. and uh, um, uh, and, and, and uh, there's a part of me that's just so happy and so loving our relationship so much that I'm very satisfied in so many ways. Um, it's not like I have to make love to anybody. I love making love with her. And I still have all my other lovers. Some of my lovers I've had for 20, 30 years. Mm. And so it's like, how do we do this dance and integrate this? Mm. She has lovers of her own as well. Mm-hmm. And um, How do you do the dance? 
Well, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's stopping and feeling the truth. And I think the cornerstone is really having a deep love, uh, self-love and respect for each other. That um, it's not, you know, and, and, and when you're all the way landed in yourself and you get that as a human being, I'm enough. And I'm not looking for anybody outside of myself to validate me for being enough. Mm. And then what happens is we end up holding a space of love and freedom for each other. Like I'm ferocious about her freedom. It's like there's no way I want to put in any kind of controls or energetic or emotional hooks on her. It's like, baby, you are totally free. And mm. the only reason why you're with me is because you want to be with me. Mm. It's not an, it's not, it, and, and, and it's really the foundations of unconditional love. Mm. Because if you have a conditional relationship or you have transactional relationship, that means I'm going to give you safety if you give me affection. Yeah. And it's like, I don't need affection from anyone. I don't need safety. For, I am safety. I am affection. I am love. I'm freedom. I'm power. Mm. So now who do I have fun sharing my life with? Mm. You know, and, and I'm a bit older than she is. And I feel like she's still working through some things. And she comes from an Islamic background. So she's in the process of healing a lot of, uh, a lot of religious control and conditioning and and it, and it's challenging sometimes. She gets really scared, and mm. uh, and and uh, she, and she admittedly, you know, is dealing with uh, jealousy and other things. And it's like, mm. and I just love her. So you know, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, okay. So sometimes I need to slow down and take my time and stay in communication. And sometimes my other lovers need to take a deep breath and just be in the disappointment of, hey, we're not going to share love right now because we're holding space uh, for for her because. It, I can't make love with someone when someone I love is 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 traumatized no. or in their trauma or they're not in their ease or they're in their fear and it's mm -hmm. like oh, you know I just it's like baby I you know it's like so and it's not all the time sometimes she's totally great and she's in her ease and she's totally supportive of me and my other lovers mm -hmm. so it just depends on what's going on and doing this dance and it's a choice for me it's like I'm not doing it because I have to I'm doing it because I fucking love her mm. and I want to be in relationship with her my whole heart my being my body says love this woman and that's more important than than having a, 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 an intimate connection with one of my other lovers at a, at, a, at a given time and I feel like if I didn't feel like it wasn't moving to the place where she would be, she's going to pop through into a place of embodying unconditional love and really like getting that she's enough and that everything is okay, mm. I would probably shift out of the relationship. But I actually believe that that's what she's here for too and mm. that, that we're evolving this one and that uh, she's, she's going to be the most amazing partner I could ever ask for. She's a beautiful woman. I've met her. You have. Oh, mm. good. She's so beautiful. She's beautiful. Mm. She's an awesome, awesome soul and an awesome mm. being, and I love her very much. Mm. So that's the journey, and it's ironic right now because she's going through some processes, and she's she's in a lot of fear, and and she just wants to feel safe, and mm. and and we've had we've had conversations about about us being monogamous. Mm. And she says, you know, it's just not the shape of my soul to be monogamous, but there's a part of me that feels like I just need this. And it's like, well, honey, I don't, I don't need to be celibate or monogamous. I know that one. Yeah. I can be. Um, it's not my desire. But if, if you really feel it'll support you in your journey to get that you're enough, I'm willing to walk that path with you. So just yesterday... She asked me to be monogamous. Oh, wow. So Interesting. Time. as of yesterday, I'm monogamous. Wow. Surprise. 
Wow. And I don't know how long that's going to last, uh, you know. But, Watch this and, space. And, and there's a part of me that's really okay with it. I'm really mm. excited about it, you know, um, to, to walk that with her, knowing that hopefully somehow through that process it's going to support more ease and, and a breakthrough in, in her being able to let go and say, okay, this is, I'm tired of being monogamous. Let's open this up and be mm. open again, you know. Mm. So, and I trust that's the direction it's going to go. Um, but uh, then there's a part of me that's like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that I enjoy being with her and I love her. And, um, and uh, hell, he was monogamous for 10 years. I could do that again, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what love wants, that's all I'm here for. So. Well, so do you, when, you, when prior to your um, current monogamous status, yes. um, did you, do you communicate when you're with another lover to her yes. or what that's the agreement well usually i mean ideally we would be together all the time and we yeah. share all our lovers mm. that's and i love yeah. we've done that a bit mm. but sometimes we're you know she's got something else she needs to do and i've got so sometimes we're not we haven't been together mm. and uh and i whenever i'm not with her i always miss her mm. and for me um she knows that i'm going to see certain lovers and it's that's communicate and sometimes I randomly meet someone surprise mm. and it's a beautiful being that I want to connect with and um, and if it and it fits in the flow of communication I'll tell her before or I'll tell her after it's like hey I connected with somebody and it was really beautiful and, mm. and oftentimes that I will encourage that other woman to also send her a note and say hey I connected with Des and, mm, and, that's and, I like know, that so, so yeah so mm. there's a real transparency mm. uh, there's not there's there's not a withhold but you know the other thing that being quite tender and honest about it sometimes uh, I can feel her sometimes and, and she's um, very afraid or or she gets very upset and very triggered when she knows that I'm with somebody and there's certain archetypes that that really upset her and I'm reluctant sometimes to share that, mm. and uh, and it's sad because I don't want to be reluctant, but I also don't want to see her in pain and suffering. Mm. And so there's been I've had a couple learning experiences where I, I I I didn't share that right away, and um, and uh, quite humbly, uh, one time I was really afraid I wasn't all the way present, and I actually lied. Mm. And, uh, and felt the healthy shame of lying to her, which I don't ever want to do again to her or anybody. Yeah. Um, but I'm a human being, and uh, I made a mistake, and uh, you know, so uh, uh, and feeling how terrible it is to to withhold or to lie, mm. and uh, that was a that was a while ago, and I, and so I, I had that experience too, and that sucks. Yeah. And, and and she's had that experience with me too where she's withheld and, and stuff mm. like that so we're, we're human beings we're learning and we also learning that that doesn't work and uh, and transparency is the way to go yeah and um, you know and I love her because you know like especially in the last year she has said fuck I need to do something about this I'm a jealous woman let's um, talk about jealousy because okay. I that's something that I struggle with okay. personally and um how do you deal with jealousy like when she's with somebody else do you feel jealous do you it's 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 fascinating for me in my life for some reason it's like jealousy is that thing where where i am jealous of the man she's connecting with hmm. you know that's what jealousy is you know when you're jealous of the person that's having the connection hmm. and for me I'm not so... I, that doesn't come up for me very strongly. Hmm. What comes up for me is a tenderness around... It's more of a fear that 
my partner's going to leave me for somebody else. Yeah. It's not that I'm jealous of that person. It's more that, okay, now you're connecting with someone else. Are you going to leave me? Yeah. You know, are you going to find someone better than me that loves you more than me? And when I connect in with my higher self and my soul and my heart and my consciousness, there's a part of me that loves the people I love so much or loves my lover so much that it's like, baby, if you find someone who can love you more than I do hmm. and you want to leave me for them, then I want you to have the most amazing life possible. So go for it. Yeah, okay, that's, now that, that's the that's conscious like, part of myself. Mm. Now, my animal yeah. <laughs> has a fucking fit. My animal's like, you're my lover. You're mine. Everybody else get away, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I'm aware that my animal's very reactive, can get very hurt. My animal can get very sad. And my animal can get very uh, protective and instinctually will want to chase the other men away. When you her. say animal, can you explain to people who are listening who don't know it's what? It's my body. It's, it's, my, it's, that, it's that primal part of myself that goes into fear and, and, and is afraid of loss and, yeah. and is territorial. Yeah. It's territorial. It's like, this is my territory, you know? And, mm. and, it's, and it's a survival mechanism. It's like my food, my land, my woman, Mm. stay away you know and mm. it's it's very primal and i and i don't want to be in denial of that part of myself and at the same time that part of myself doesn't make the calls and run the show mm. so i feel like one of the things that we're learning to do is that that animal needs to be loved and honored but it, it also we need to have enough consciousness to hold it and not let it overrun us yeah and like to not overrun me so how do you do that by breathing by being present by using the tools and the practices we teach in the level one mm -hmm. by allowing the emotional body and the animal to roar and scream in a way where you're not hurting yourself or anyone or anything mm. um, and let that emotional energy move um, because i don't want it to go out and shame my partner for loving i don't want it to go out and shame my brothers for their attraction and and their desire to be with an extraordinarily beautiful woman. Yeah. I mean, I want to be with extraordinary beautiful women. Mm. I don't want to be shamed for that either. So, mm. you know, it's it's gotten a lot easier for me because I've been practicing it for a long time. And um, the thing that hurts me the most is when the woman I love distances, closes her heart, mm. and takes herself physically away from me yeah that fucking hurts mm. and it's and it's not about the guy i don't my 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 beloved can have a hundred or a thousand lovers mm. as long as she stays connected with me mm. it's really my truth i'm not jealous of my brothers mm. and i totally trust that she's going to attract and be lovers with the most amazing men in the world mm. so she's actually helping me bring in beautiful brothers because i want to share my life with beautiful brothers and beautiful sisters. Yeah. And um, so this is the this is the whole idea. Like, there's a part of me that knows that I'm here for love, and I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to magnetize in the most amazing men and women in my life. I mm. want to share my life with the most amazing men and women in my tribe, in my family. Mm. And Yazi and I, we have a we have an intention that we want to live together with three or four amazing men and three or four amazing women we mm. want to create a pod we want to create a new paradigm relationship and to do that we've got to 
we've got to love our animals and teach our animals that our animals are safe. We've got to have a deep sense of commitment and devotion to partnership mm. and not just like, I don't want to be a couple. Yeah. I, I, no part of me wants to live the couple thing. And yet it's so hard to bike break out of it in this culture. We default to this couple reality. And, and I know that it's, it, to break out of it, it's going to be creating deep committed bonds with other men and women mm. to share life with. Yeah. And that's going to be the key. And I feel like one of the keys for us to really move into this territory, Yazi and I, is for her to land another man that she really loves and I really love, and for us to land another woman that we both really love too. Yeah. Like, and once we can do that, then we're going to be on our way. Yeah. Uh, but it's just until that animal fear is addressed and she can find her ease. Um, we're going to need to just slowly, slowly transition into that one and, uh, and move in that direction, hopefully together. Yeah. Um, the other idea I had was I just got to go create the, go find the other woman and then come back to her and say, okay, here she is. Mm. Um, you want to play or not? And if, if she doesn't, then say, okay, bye. Yeah. You know, um, anyway, I'm sorting, we're sorting that one out. Yeah. Work in progress. Yeah. Work in progress. Mm -hmm. You know, so so again just to recap don't let the animal run the show honor the animal take care of the animal listen to the animal um, that we're living in paradoxes we need to claim our lovers on one level but then we also need to let them free yeah set them free and 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 it's it, it that's the paradox how mm. do we claim love and claim each other but at the same time set each other free mm. so that all parts of ourselves are happy and we're not overriding some part of ourselves that's fucking freaking out yeah and um and and i i know in my own being after being with uh, with this one woman for five and a half years that i've never dis i've never taken my heart or my body i've never distanced myself physically or emotionally mm. or i've never withdrawn my heart from her mm. um and uh, and i think you know she's 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 learning how to do that too and it hurts when she does it yeah um, so we'll see what happens yeah wow what what how do you deal when she's jealous how do you deal with that it, like okay, you're jealous like we have a little thing because it's that jealous like she she's in this process where she says it's like a snake energy and 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 you know what happens is she gets cold and she yep. gets mean and mm -hmm. it comes at me first of all like i'm like it's me yeah and uh and, and to have a conversation when she's in that place is futile yeah. I don't even, it's it, not only does it, it's not honoring to her, it's not honoring to me to mm. even have a conversation. So we developed a little thing and it's just, she just, it's just hiss. So when she comes at me with that energy, I just go, I just make a hissing sound mm -hmm. and usually she gets it. Yeah. And, or I have to say, look, I'm not going to have a conversation with you about this right now because, because you're just, you're reactive. Mm. So let's re let's address it a little later. Go move some energy. Use some of the tools that we know how to, that we teach. Yeah. And uh, and let's come back into some presence and some love, and then we can have a conversation about what's really going on. And I I, I know what's behind it. Is she's just scared. Yeah. She's just fucking scared, you know. And so sometimes I just have to hold her, mm. and then she'll cry, or or mm. I'll cry, or or we'll just melt together in love, and it's like, okay, we got this. It's gonna be okay. You know? Mm. Um, but uh, you know, the more beautiful and powerful the woman is, uh, the more uh, the more afraid she is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because it's contrary to our desire mm. to attract beautiful, powerful people. Yeah. So. Well, do you think monogamy is realistic? 
monogamy is realistic, I think I think love is realistic. Mm. Whether it's celibate, monogamous, or multiple lovers, what matters is love. Mm. Love is realistic. Mm. And depending on the shape of your heart and your soul and, and your, your being, um, honor yourself and walk the path that's your truth. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, it's realistic right now because that could be the medicine we need to break through. Mm. That this is a time of... Of, of her being able to land and, and I think I think it's just powerful for me to be even to, to, to be willing to walk that with her yeah um, and I am willing yeah like like when she asked when she finally owned it and asked for it because there's a part of her that's like we've had this conversation before it's like okay let's be monogamous and then she thinks well uh, next week this thing's happening and I might be seeing one of my other lovers so maybe it's not a good time to be monogamous <laughs> can you relate to that oh yeah, yeah. so you know, so that she's trying to figure out like, when's, the, when's the time when's the time that that, 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 that I'm not going to see like, one of my lovers but you might be seeing yeah. a lot of your lovers you know? and so I just kind of surrender and I said babe you know I'm willing I've been willing for the last uh, year to mm. be monogamous with her but she finally asked for it yesterday and uh, mm. And so, um, yeah, you know, we'll see how long it, I was sharing with one of, one of my dear friends and faculty, uh, and I know it's okay for me to mention her name, Janine McDonald, we're teaching the level one right now together. Mm. And she said that she had the same thing with her husband. They were opening up their relationship and she asked for monogamy and, and he agreed. And, and she said it lasted about two weeks. She said, okay, I'm bored with this. Let's open it up now. You know. <laughs> so who knows? It, it could be that with Yazi too. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's an interesting journey. Yeah. Mm. Very, very. Um... Let's actually. I want to ask you one question. What What are this? What are What do you see the secrets are of being an exceptional lover? What are some things mm. that people can take away from this and work on within themselves? Okay. Well, we've already touched on the fact that that the secrets to being an amazing lover, an exceptional lover, is it's an inside job. Mm. So if you can have a great sex life all by yourself and you've got a healthy inner marriage mm. and you you are you have ended the war between your own masculine and feminine mm. and that you really have a good communication with those aspects of yourself mm. and that you're pumping your own sexual chemistry that's the first one the second pole is is the is the vertical pole which is if your consciousness is in love and in alignment with your animal, which mm. we've talked about, your body and, mm. and you know your sexuality, then then that's the other pole that that's in alignment. Mm. So the more in love you are with your animal and consciousness, your spirit and your sex, and the more in love you are with your masculine and feminine, now you are a vessel of love. Yeah, you know, and then you know some of their that's the most important thing. Then you can learn techniques mm. and you can learn different things and communication tools. So being a great communicator, a great listener, uh, knowing how to speak, knowing how to touch, touch consciously. There's there's sexual techniques you can learn, but all the techniques in the world pale in comparison to just embodying love and presence, mm. being present and being loving and, mm. and, you know, you can learn how to dance. That helps, you know, there's a lot, a lot yeah. of things dressing nice and having and, and, and good hygiene, you know, there's a yeah. lot, lots, yeah. of, lots the of other things, stuff. but the, mm. the most important thing is just self-love mm. and, and then, uh, 
and then bringing that to another being, not because you need love, but because you just want to love and, uh, and you're free. Mm. And then I think when, when you can like totally say to your lover, babe, you are so totally free to be with anyone and love anyone you want. And they're just like, yeah, I'm, it would be nice to have some other lovers. I'm pretty happy just being with you. And it's like, okay. Mm. And it's like, okay. And so then, so then we get to express how we want. Mm. And, um, and uh, you know, like I said before, if Yazi has a thousand lovers or whether she just wants to make love with me, it's fine. Mm. And uh, whatever her truth is, is great with me. As long as she stays connected and in love, my animal wants to know that she's not leaving me. Yeah. That's my tender spot, my animal. Yeah. My animal's so fucking bonded and in love with her mm. that I, I just get really upset. And I have to grieve and let go. And I can navigate that too. Like if she decided to leave me, I know that I, and she did this last year. I, I, did, I, I grieved for two and a half weeks and mm. I just let her go and let the relationship go. Whenever I let go, more amazing love comes in. I mm. manifested a handful of beautiful lovers after that. You I know? Bet so, you too. so I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid <laughs> to let go. Mm. And I know that the universe and love will support me. And, and I keep getting this lesson. The more I let go, the more uh, more amazing reflections come in, and, mm. and the more beautiful life love becomes. So, so I, I don't wait for anybody to leave me. If I have any fear that they're going to leave me, I, I I I move through that fear and let them go every day. And mm. start my day and realize, oh, you're still here. Celebrate. It's my yeah. Club. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing about yeah. your own personal journey. You're welcome. Mm. It's a joy to share. And this is, you know, this is how we learn. We, we share each other's journeys and we role model and we pioneer. And there, there's a whole handful, there's handfuls and more handfuls of amazing beings that are learning these skills and tools and communications. We've got over 60 faculty members now in the ISTA family and mm. trainings are happening all over the world. And, mm. and uh, p- people are telling other people and the trainings are booking out and selling out and we're getting bigger uh, venues. And, and it's really exciting that this dream to actually shift the consciousness on the planet it's happening yeah and I, I had a big uh, a big breakthrough today and then just celebrating the fact that uh, that um, that it's happening and uh, amazing faculty and amazing teachers are showing up doing their own thing and going hey I want to play with you guys and so yeah we, we, we synergize we integrate and they become part of a culture that they that really feeds and nurtures and nourishes them too mm. so it's a beautiful thing and I, I feel like one of the biggest things for an extraordinary teacher or an extraordinary um, guide. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of them out there, but not many of them know how to share power. Mm. And I feel like that's the big learning curve for a lot of these extraordinary beings that, that are teachers that come into the ISTA field, that they're master shamans, uh, sacred sexuality teachers or tantra teachers or, or spirituality and consciousness teachers. Mm. And if, they're, if they, they hit a point in their life where they just go, hey, I need my next growth edge, and I I want to I want to be a part of something. I want to be part of this wave of humanity, and uh, my ego is is ready to share power with other people, and uh, a that's lot of awesome. teachers. And we all have pretty healthy egos. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's what keeps a lot of teachers on their own is that uh, they just don't know how to, or it's too scary. 
for them to actually step up and share power with other powerful beings. Mm. And I feel like that's the next step in our humanity that ends the wars. Mm. Because what we're doing is we're embodying a powerful alpha being who can stand with other powerful alpha beings and actually enjoy sharing power and not go into power struggles and fighting. Yeah. Like that's a big, a big learning curve. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we do. Yeah, you do it beautifully. In our in our culture. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like we have something to share with the world that way. Mm. Before we wrap up, tell me a bit about sex magic. I know you have your book, which yeah. I, I haven't read yet. Thank but you. I will. It's on Amazon. You can get it, Sacred Sexual Healing, yeah. The Shaman Method of Sex Magic. And I wrote that with Kamala Devi, who's also a lead faculty with ISTA. And, it, and it's kind of like the uh, foundation. A lot of the practices and teachings in that book are part of the level one. So it's almost like the textbook for the level one. Uh, but it, 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 sex magic is that place where it seems like magic in ordinary consciousness. But when, when, you, when you get that inner cross going that I talked about between spirit and animal and masculine and feminine, and you're pumping a lot of self-love and a lot of self-chemistry, mm-hmm. and then you're able to share that with another being that's also doing that, then what happens is you start to tap into the quantum field, that yeah. your dreams and your desires and your prayers start to go out to the universe, and they're re- somehow they're magically responded to. Yeah. And this is what's so fascinating that as we step back into our power and we step back into, uh, we tap into the universal power of love, that love aligns with love. And if our, if our desires and dreams are aligned with love, then they come into manifestation. Mm. And it's not complicated. Um, and everything that isn't love needs to be cleared because there's lots of ourselves that are self-sabotaging our dreams and desires and they're not conscious so Mm -hmm. the way to get in touch with those things is of course read the book and do the practices but also come to the ISTA trainings and uh, you'll be supported and guided to be an extraordinary lover an extraordinary human being Mm -hmm. and stand with other extraordinary beings in co-creating a world that uh, you know, it's funny, we were talking about religions earlier, and they are talking about how heaven is someplace that we're going to go to when we die. And, and, and while we're here on earth, we have to be in pain and suffering. Mm. And uh, that's nonsense. Uh, what we're really learning how to do is to step into our power and to learn how to manifest heaven on earth. Mm. That heaven is right here, and it's waiting for us. Mm. And we're, we're here to live that dream and mm. co-create that together yeah beautiful how do you what's your secrets to staying and looking so young uh making love eating well self-love self-care and being connected with everything and and listening listening deeply and and activating and releasing the emotional body not care holding a lot of baggage and stress Mm. in my life i feel like stress is a big killer and, uh, and I don't know what's humanly possible, but I'm my own experiment. Mm-hmm. I'm experimenting with uh, if, I, if I totally live in love and freedom and power and I deeply listen to my heart and my soul and my body on a cellular level, what can life be? And I feel like this is the next step in our human evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't go to doctors. I don't go to hospitals. I don't take any drugs. I don't mm-hmm. take any substances uh, uh, med- to support me medically. I, I eat well. I, I, I listen to my body and what it wants to eat. Uh, 
and and I get enough sleep and I and I stay in love and I I notice what creates stress in my life and mm. I try to minimize that as much as possible mm. and circulate that life force energy through a healthy sexual practice mm. so that's that's what I'm trying right now. I eat a lot of spirulina as well and, and superfoods and green foods and mm. try to stay away from toxic environments and toxic substances and toxic people. Mm. That's a big <laughs> one, the toxic people. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I love most about Easter is that you walk into a container and you just you're just with amazing people every mm. single day and then there's such a big community in the world of, of graduates of the, cool. the, the training. It's that expanding it's like, exponentially too. Now you can yeah. go just about to any country in the world and there's just the graduates. Big community in Israel, big community in Germany, in, in other European countries, Spain, uh, UK, Scotland, Ireland, um, all over North America, Canada mm. and the US, Mexico has got its own trainings now, South America is starting, of course Australia and New Zealand, biggest of communities, and mm. uh, Bali and other places, and uh, mm. um, yeah, I feel like uh, love is going to win. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. I think, I think I had one more question for you. I could just sit here for hours and just ask everything that I want to know. Um, what was it? Oh. You left to edit this out, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so you just announced that you're retiring. Oh, so, yeah. From ISTA. I am. Well, I'm, well, I'm retiring what's, what's from teaching. What's going on? Well, <laughs> what's going on is, uh, I wrote something about it, but, you know, basically for me, it's like I've been doing this for so many years, and I, I, I some of my allies and my colleagues, we, 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 we kind of came together a few months ago, and they're going, hey, Des, how you feeling? What's up for you? You know, it's, you know, you're holding a point, and there were a couple of things that happened, like, uh, a couple people were attacking ISTA online, and, mm. and, 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 you know, going into... Uh, some stories about ISTA not being <laughs> beautiful or whatever and, and I realize that I, I get reactive and very protective of ISTA and what we're doing and the work we're doing because it's so fucking amazing and uh, mm. making such a difference on the planet and I get a little reactive and and um, and protective and I feel like uh, you know ISTA's uh, no longer a baby anymore ISTA's been growing steadily and taking off for over 12 years now and I feel like it's a teenager, and I sometimes I feel like an overbearing mother that's like trying to protect it. And the truth is, this organismista can take care of itself, mm-hmm. but there's other beings that are speaking up and standing up and and sorting out the nonsense and the and the shaming and the the fear that's being projected onto who we are as an organism. And uh, mm-hmm. and so uh, I don't need to do it anymore. And and. Uh, and, and I feel like that it's going to be healthy for, for ISTA for me to step back and let it be on its own. And to be quite honest, as I really feel in my heart and soul and being, there's a part of me that wants to paddle canoe again, which is a mm-hmm. big commitment, you know. And mm. and um, I wants to have a garden. I've been traveling around the world pretty much continuously for the last 12 years. And uh, so I'm ready to, to slow down and stop and, uh, and just be with my lovers and be on the land and paddle canoe and... And like I did when I sold Pure Planet, my health food company, stop and ask the question, who am I now? Yeah. What do I really want in my life? And and really give my, myself permission to come to a full stop. And, um, uh, you know, I love this community. I'm not going to leave it. And I need to put down teaching. I need to put down being a facilitator 
and uh, so I'm, I'm going to step into retirement and feel that. And, uh, you know, several people have told me, they said, you know, like all good rock stars, you know, you can always, you can always come back again, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I, 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 that's not where I'm going. I really want to give myself permission to come full, full stop, be a surrender to the mystery and feel into what, what, what does love and life have for me next? So mm. that's what's going on. Mm, awesome. Um, am I allowed to ask how old you are? Now? I am. Uh, next month I'll be 63. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I feel great. I love life. It just gets sweeter and sweeter. Yeah. And better every day. Yeah. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. Oh, how can people connect with you? Well, they can. Where do they go? Uh, they, what go do they, do? they can go to istatribe. Yep. Dot org. Yep. Or istatribe.com, mm -hmm. uh, or they can go to schooloftemplearts.org uh -huh. or com, um, and they can also go to babadez.com. Uh, now that I'm retiring, I don't know if I'm going to keep my website open, but it's open now, and, and uh, you can go to babadez.com or mm -hmm. istatribe. Yeah. So just or, or you can just Google. Yeah. So let's let's spell that for people. Actually, okay. the Easter tribe. I S T A T R I B E. Yeah. Dot org. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And what's your book called? My book's called Sacred Sexual Healing: The Shaman Method of Sex Magic. It's on Amazon. Sacred Sexual Healing. You can type in Baba Des Nichols if you want. Um, you can also uh, you can also order the movie Sex Magic. I guess it's mm. available on iTunes in the U.S. Yeah. Or you can go to the the website uh, uh, sexmagicthemovie.com and uh, you can order the DVD and they'll ship to anywhere in the world. Uh, mm. That's a, kind of a fun movie. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that movie. Awesome. And there's a new book coming out called, uh, it's called The Secret Lives of Sex Shamans. I, I can't remember, I think that's the really? title. It's Who's coming out, uh, Kamala Devi put it together and it's uh -huh. a collection of stories. It's coming out in February or next year. And so look for that too. That'll be a fun book. And uh, mm. uh, there's some great stories in there of people's journeys into love, freedom, and power. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Des. Thank you. For sharing Thank and for, for saying yes. And um, yeah, you're a beautiful, beautiful man. And um, you're beautiful too. Honored to listen and mm. yeah, connect with you. All right. Hmm. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thank you. Um, live love, live life. Yay. <laughs> Yay.